At the beginning, we were solving our own problem. It did end up being that there was a bigger need in the industry and, and there's thousands of tens of thousands of coaches all over that need the solution that we're providing. Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. Trevor, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, it's great to it's great to be here, Amanda. Yeah, I'm so excited. So I met you back in Vegas at the Real Coaches Summit, and mm-hmm. you guys have this super cool app, Coach Catalyst. Um, before we get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about you. I obviously like to research and and understand who I'm talking with, and so I looked on your Instagram page, and one of the things that caught my attention was the two percenter post. Um, one of your life principles is take the stairs. I love that. I don't know if you can see it behind me or not, but oh, I don't think it's up. It's up higher, but I have a little sign that says there's no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. And so that's I like awesome. That. Yeah. Have you always been that way? Has that always been kind of your, your yeah, model? Something kind of, yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I mean, athlete forever, right? Like played three, three sports through high school, uh, played basketball well in college, ran track in college, and then ended up playing professionally basketball overseas for, for three years, kind of post-college. And so um, I've always been in that like performance world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, like always been physical I and mean, I like being physical um, and like using my body. Um, I was kind of actually um, call it fortunate, call it unfortunate, but um, I grew up, my dad actually had MS, multiple sclerosis. And so for people that aren't familiar with MS, it's basically a neurological disorder um, and it affects a lot of people differently. And so some people like they'll be in their fifties and sixties and you have no idea that they, they have it because it hasn't really progressed. It basically creates lesions on your nerves and then impacts the ability of the nerves to like conduct muscle activity. And so my dad actually had what's called uh, progressive regressive. And so he would get uh, better for a period of time. Like we try a new treatment, we get better and then he would get worse and then he get better and he get worse. But it was really like one step forward, three steps back. And so I actually saw like the progression um, throughout my, my childhood and my life and watching that go. And so there's a piece that's maybe a little bit more dear to home because I basically saw him go from like being able to do everything as kind of quote unquote normal human being to being like in a wheelchair, 24 seven assisted care, like in the house, yeah. all of that. And so like, it has another meaning because like, for me, it's like, it could really be taken away at any point. And so like, I have the ability, I have the capacity and it's just kind of a reminder to use that capacity because when it's gone, the, the thing you're going to want the most is to get it back. Right. And it's, it's kind of like health as well. Like health is that one thing where um, we kind of take it for granted when we're healthy, but when we're not healthy, the only thing we want is to be healthy again. Um, and so I like to find ways where it's like, how do we add like these little micro challenges to our life 
so that we continue to progress because as humans, we're a dynamic organism, right? And so we respond to stressors. And so we have to place stressors into our body or onto our body, into our life in order to grow from those stressors. And so for me, like the idea of the stairs, right, is like, how do I do like a little micro stressor um, so that I get a little bit stronger? And then it's also a reminder for me to be like, okay, you have this ability, you have this capacity, like go use it because you never know, you might have this capacity, you know, next week, God forbid, a car accident or some weird disease or whatever, right? And then maybe I have to take the escalator because I don't have the capacity to take the stairs. And so it's kind of like wrapped into a bunch of like very personal, but also kind of like um, a way to just live a better life um, and be a little bit more active rather than passive. And honestly, I like to like get the heart rate going, get a little sweat. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm an athlete and physical. So like, I just like doing it. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it reminds me of why I love this industry so much because we all share such similar values. Um, I have, you know, not the background that you have, but I have lost a close family member. My brother was killed in a car accident at an early age. And I just think about what I'm able to do that he's not able to do, you know, mm-hmm. and about, um, you know, there's, there's kids that our children go to school with that are bound to a wheelchair for their, the duration of their lives. And I just think there's so many opportunities that we have. And so every time I sign up for a race, every time I'm out for something of that sort, it is, it is more meaningful. It's miles for a certain person, or it's, you know, it's more than just me going out and getting physical. It is, it, it, there's a reason and a purpose behind it. So I love that. Right. It's just, it, they're just good reminders to be grateful for the things that we do have. Right. And so um, I think having those, those little reminders throughout your life and like, it just helps you to just be a little bit more present and be a little bit more grateful for the capacity that you do have and whatever that is. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think finding those moments helps to make life a little bit more enjoyable because many times we can get just caught in negative spirals of like, this isn't going right, or this isn't going right. And especially if you're like an entrepreneur or you have a business owner, oh, like the majority of your time is just spent like solving. I like, I call myself like a professional firefighter, like literally from the moment I wake up till I'm done, I'm like trying to solve problems and I'm trying to put out fires. Um, that's just part of me. It's what you sign up for as a business owner. Like, if you don't want to do that, cool. It's probably go like get a job, work for someone else and just like punch in, punch out. But yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe you read you got like got into my notes somehow and like did this perfect little segue into my next <laughs> perfect that's awesome perfect into my next question so let's talk about coach catalyst because yeah. obviously that's why we're here that's why we're talking today I always love to get to know you as an individual though because behind every business there are individuals but I love the idea of seeing a need and creating a way to solve it that was literally my next question what is the biggest problem that you saw? in this industry and how does coach catalyst solve that problem? Yeah. So like ultimately with coach catalyst at the beginning, we were solving our own problem. Like it did end up being that there was a bigger need in the industry and and there's thousands of tens of thousands of coaches all over that need the solution that we're providing. But initially right from the beginning, it was our own problem. And so if we go back let's call it, you know, probably 10 years at this point when like Coach Catalyst first became an idea. Um, We, myself and Kane, the other co-founder were running gyms. 
And so boutique style fitness facilities, very hands-on, very coaching intensive, um, kind of appointment driven, not just your big box, come in, you know, swipe your card, do your own thing. It was very much like coach driven. And we both came out of the, the sporting world. So we play college basketball together and have grown up with coaches and really wanted to, I mean, as once we get to adults, we kind of like lose some of that stuff. And so sure. I think that's why I was kind of drawn to wanting to create my own gym because I think people need coaches. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, 70, like the more coaches Probably you almost have, even more because you yeah. like, get to that point and you're like, God, what do I even do with myself at this point? Exactly. And so like, I, I wanted to create, create a space that was a coaching intensive space. Cause I saw too many people that were going to the gym and they were like, they walk through the doors and they're like, Oh, like super overwhelming. Like there's machines everywhere. There's just free weights over here. And then most of them just kind of like end up on the elliptical or they right. end up on a treadmill. Cause it's like, okay, this is easy. Like I just, just don't fall off. Right. Like that's, right. that's the goal. Okay. You're going to get some benefit. Great. But there's so much more benefit to the gym and especially to strength training and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where the ethos of my, kind of training philosophy came from. It's like, Hey, we just need you to walk through the door. If you walk through the door, we're going to take you the rest of the way. And we're going to have the expertise to provide you with what you need to be successful. Um, and so we were training our clients and doing a great job training in person. Um, and Kane and I were talking to each other. We had very similar methodologies and we're like, you know, we're doing a great job with training when the clients are in our gym, but they're only here like two or three days out of the week. There's all this other time during the week that we're not having much impact on them. And we want to do more than just training because a lot of clients are coming up for weight loss. And so we need a nutrition component to that. And we're starting to see like clients want more help with like stress reduction and they want help with like lifestyle management and sleep. And we're starting to see like this whole person rather than just like the fitness aspect. Yeah. And we're like, all right, cool. But all of those things happen outside of the facility. And we're like, yeah, we can educate um, our clients, but like, we all know that education isn't the solution, right? Like you could ask anyone, you could ask a bum on the street, like, what does a healthy diet include? Right. And they're going to be like, oh yeah, you know, you should probably drink water. You probably should, you know, eat some more vegetables. You should probably not eat McDonald's all the time. Like we know intellectually, like what we are supposed to do. Um, but we found a lot of clients were lacking, um, the execution in setting up the environment, and then also being held accountable to actually doing the thing, right? And 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 really the 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 moment that really cements that's cemented in my mind where we decided to go all in and coach Catalyst was we were running a lot of challenges at our facilities. So challenges for us were a good way to bring clients in. Uh, we would promise like ten pounds of weight loss in six weeks. We were really good at it. Um, but then I had a client one time, she jumped on the in-body at the end of, uh, the challenge to do her way out and she had ended up gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And so I had no idea throughout the entire challenge that, um, that she was going in the wrong direction. She was showing up for workouts, doing that stuff, but she wasn't handling the nutrition aspect the way that, that, uh, she needed to, in order to be successful. Wow. And, but we had no idea. So we're like, okay. Like we need to have a better connection with our clients so that we know on a day-to-day -day basis, how well they're doing with the things we want to work on um, and the things they need to do to be successful. So we searched, we searched, we tried to find tech to be able to do it. Um, we tried to do it like internally. Like we used to give our clients these like habit cards. Okay. Here's your protein habit, take it home. And then like, they're checking things off and then they bring it back. And it worked if you had like two clients, but when you have 200, it, right. it just like, it's, it's a mess. Right. And so, um, we didn't have the, we don't have the funds to hire more people to just hire more coaches. Cause we're not charging, you know, a thousand dollars a month. 
So we had to, we had to go to tech and we looked and there wasn't anything available that like really checked the boxes that we wanted to check. Cause when we think about coaching, um, we really think about there's, there's three big components of coaching. Um, the first one is education. And so a client needs to know what to do. They need to know why they're doing it. They need to know how to do it. Right. If I ask a client to eat eggs for breakfast, right. If they don't know how to cook eggs, like they're not going to be successful with eating eggs for breakfast. Right. And so there's, uh, there's an education process that happens in any sort of coaching coaching program. So that's, that's kind of like step one. Um, and then like step two is a connection with the client. And so if a coach doesn't have a good connection with the client, um, the client isn't going to be as, as successful as they could be. Um, and so what happens a lot of time with technology is like a lot of people think about technology is like set it and forget it. Like, I'm just going to use tech to solve this problem that I have, and it's going to magically just go away. And yes, that works for email automation where I want to send an email every week, but it doesn't actually work for human connection. And so uh, we're like, okay, it needs to have a connection component to it that doesn't, that makes, we call it a coach, a super coach. And so they can just handle more people. And then the last piece is an accountability. And so there needs to be an accountability aspect to it so that a coach knows in real time how their clients are doing. Because if we look at the current model and really any coaching scenario, right? If you and I were coaching one-on-one and we would sit down, we'd probably have a meeting, we'd talk through things that are going well, things that you're struggling with. And during that time, we would figure out like what your next step is, mm-hmm. right? And so let's say the next step, we wanted to increase water and we decided that two liters of water was like going to be an amount that you could hit nine out of 10 times. Cool. Awesome. You're going to go away, right? And then you're going to go away and the kids aren't going to sleep. They're going to be up in the night. The dog's going to throw up on the carpet. Like the car's going to break down. Like all of life. Like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, right. All I have small children, so like it's just. And right now, actually, one of our one of our uh, our youngest just had like tubes and tonsils and oh, adenoids and like okay. all of that at once. And so uh, I haven't done this yet. My night is tonight, but my wife has been getting up every three hours to give ibuprofen and Tylenol and all that yep. kind of stuff to stay on top of the pain. Um, and so, yeah, so life happens, right? So life happens. And so you forget about these other things that you're working on because they're new and they're different and they're not part of your routine. And it's, it takes a lot of brain power. They haven't become the light switch when you walk into a room yet. Right. And so we, we need more reminders when we're doing this stuff and the coach needs to know how you're doing, because for us, I tell my clients, like, I don't care if you do it or you don't do it. Like I'm indifferent to that. But the act of checking in and letting me know what you did is important. Like, that's what's important. I don't care if you did it or didn't do it. Because if you did it, great. We can continue to build on that. If you didn't do it, that's fine. That's just information. Like, why didn't it work? And we can start to explore the process on what we're working on. Is it too challenging? Do we need to make it a little bit easier? Is this even the right thing we should be working on right now because of X, Y, and Z that are going on in your life? And so we can start to figure out the process. And so going back to the story, if you were my client, right? And we're trying to work on water and all this stuff starts happening in your life and it's just not working. You're going to come back to me two weeks, four weeks later, and we're going to sit down and be like, Hey, Amanda, how did the last two weeks go? And then you're going to be like, you know what? Right after I left the meeting, X, Y, and Z happened. The dog threw up on the carpet and it was like crazy and I haven't done it at all. And so we basically just took a two week period of time and we just wasted it. Right. Because like you were like, okay, screw it. I'll start next week. I'll start on Monday. I'll start after my next meeting. Um, because the coach didn't really know. And if the coach knew how you were doing, if I knew how you were doing, then I could be like, okay, Hey man, in the last couple of days have been crazy. 
you know, what if we just back this off to like a leader? Do you think you could get a leader in every day? Awesome. I'm going to send you a reminder every morning at 8 a.m. just to kind of give you that little trigger to do it. And then what if we worked on a strategy of like the night before you took like one of those Nalgene bottles, you filled it up and you set it in your refrigerator right next to the eggs because you have eggs every morning. Cool. Do you think that would help you get it in? Like yeah. we, could, we could strategize and we could figure it out, right? Yep. Rather than waiting till you come in again and then, okay, now we try and figure out the strategy. Well, and then be- how long is that client going to continue that before they're just like, I am just an utter failure and I yep. don't even need to keep paying for this to remind myself how big of a failure I am. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent. And that's just like, that's us as humans. Mm-hmm. And so the whole goal of the software was then to shorten that we call it a bridge, the bridge between the coach and the client. Mm-hmm. It's to create the bridge, but also shorten it. So as a coach, I could see Amanda checked off. No, for two days in a row. Okay, cool. That's like, that's like a red flag for us. Like, Hey, Amanda, let's talk this out. Why hasn't it worked the last couple of days? Okay. Let's strategize on how to get it to work tomorrow. Um, so we can get you back on track, start seeing some success and then success starts to build some momentum and then momentum just makes everything easier after that. Right. And so the goal was to really, really shorten that bridge, create the bridge, because now I can do that across 50 clients, across a hundred clients, because I have the data and I can see on my dashboard who needs that reach out, who needs me to connect with them today versus who just needs me to say like, Hey, you're killing it. Keep up the great work. Let me know if you need me kind of thing. And so I could do that other thing with you, but I would have to do a lot of text message. I have to do a lot of email and like, it just, well, and then the other client who, isn't maybe going to be speaking up is not going to be on your radar as much and they're going to get left behind. And so it's this balancing act of clientele. And you can only do that to a certain threshold before the whole thing just kind of starts falling apart. And and for most coaches, it's like three to five. Like once you get over that, like it's just this, you don't have the systems in place to really start to scale things. And so, and then it makes it challenging, right? If you only have three clients and let's say they're even paying you like, $400 a month. Okay. Which would be a pretty good spot to have a client. And like, that's still not enough probably to live on. Right. Right. And so you're probably going to need like eight to 12. Right. And which means there's going to be more moving parts. And so starting to have those systems in place and really the goal of coach catalyst then is to augment the coach. It's really to like take a coach, take a human, add technology, give them the resource of technology so that they can really expand um, the amount of people that they work with, but not dilute the experience. Cause yeah. what happens to a lot of people is they start to scale, right? They have to dilute the experience in order to scale. And so we see a lot of coaches like, Hey, I want to scale. Cool. So they build like a teachable or they go to Kajabi and they just like build out all of the information. And then they say, here you go. Here's like right. everything you need to know. And if you don't take action Here's on it, me on a presentation format style right. and you're, you know, may or may and, not even look at and it. And here's 60 minutes that you need to, to, to watch every day or at once a right. week or whatever. Right. And like, unless you have someone that is like uber motivated, um, it's never going to happen. And so that when we think about education, we think about like almost like TikTok reels. Like how are people like consuming information these days? It's short. It's quick. It's like two to three minutes. Um, it's typically a video format. Uh, we like to do kind of multimedia where it's video and, and text so a client can choose. But starting to educate um, in that manner rather than saying like, okay, here's everything you need to know. Go through this course and do this and then do this and do this. Um, it just, we're seeing, it's just not working. And like, if you look at the stats around learning management systems on the people that actually complete courses, it's like 
abysmal. Like it's it's right. less than ten percent. It might even be less than five percent. Right. Um, because it's a lot to it's a lot to bite off. And in the coaching world, we're dealing with a we're dealing with humans, and b we're dealing with behavior change. So we're dealing with things that are different than what you're normally doing, which is extremely hard to overcome at the beginning. Well, not only different, but difficult. Not your routine. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole job of the coach is to make it less difficult, right? Yeah. It's like, what's the, what's the one thing that's going to help move us in the right direction, but that's going to allow you to do it consistently. Right. And that's kind of the art of coaching. And so like our goal with the software is to just give you the platform to be able to scale you coach however you want to coach. Um, but this is going to help you be a better coach and scale more and provide them a, a more streamlined experience. Because when we come back to one of the other things we were talking about was connection, communication being like a core tenet of what we talk about. Um, a few things that we thought about really early on is like video messaging and audio messaging. As a coach, if I, if I sent a message to you that said, hey, Amanda, looks like you killed it this week. Great job. Right? If I just sent that as a text versus if I recorded an, a video message of me saying that exact same thing, those are perceived completely different. Right. And so they're saying the same thing, but being able to see that connection with someone and seeing the, the, their mannerisms, be able to see their face means exponentially more. And so that starts to build this connection with a client. And especially if you're living in the online only world, like the number one thing you should be thinking about in the online world is how do I build deeper connections with my clients? Um, because in the offline world, that happens organically because right. someone has to show up to my session. They're going to hang out with me for 60 minutes. And unless you're just like an absolute D-bag, like you're going to be able to develop relationships because you're just in the same place, right? Right. 150 times out of the year, like you're going to build a relationship, right? And so like that happens organically. But when you go online, it doesn't happen like that because you're not forced into interaction, and so coaches have to be a, a lot more um, diligent about how they create content and how they connect with their clients. And they have to make a lot more effort to connect with clients or else it's not going to happen. And so the connection with the client is probably going to determine your retention rate. The more connected you are to people, um, the longer they're going to stay with you. Or I should say the deeper you're connected with people, the longer they're going to stay with you. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, their, their results are going to come just by default that way too. Right. You need time. Like as a coach, like you need time. And so um, most things aren't solved in six weeks as much as like the internet and like wants us to believe. And especially when, when we're dealing with like deep seated issues, right? right? Someone has maybe needed to lose 20 pounds for the last 30 years. All right, cool. Like that's a lot more challenging um, to accomplish than let's say someone that just, you know, gained five pounds over the holidays and we needed to, to get it off. Right? right. And so with most coaching programs, we're dealing with deep seated issues right. and we're trying to change behaviors and behaviors aren't something that just like click and change. Cause if it was that easy, people would have already done it. Um, and they have the information, they know they should do it, um, but they do it and then they don't do it and they do it and they don't do it. And so um, the art of coaching is getting them to do it. And then maybe they struggle a little bit and they do a little more and, and we're taking these kind of steps forward. We're not having that big fallback over and over again. And that just takes, like, it takes months. It takes potentially years to help yeah. people be successful. And to keep a client engaged for that long, you need that deeper connection with them. 
um, versus just like, hey, here's your you know six week program to accomplish this. If you have questions, just let me know. Like, no one's ever going to ask questions. Like, right. You have, to right. you have to ask the questions. Well, and one thing that comes to my mind too, um, just hearing you talk about this is the, the, I guess the ability for that coach to live in like numbers. So what I mean by that is like a lot of influencers who have a million, 2 million plus, you know, followers on Instagram or whatever, they, they may have the ability to actually create their own app. Right. Mm -hmm. But you are a solo preneur, maybe you have some assistant coaches, it's very difficult to create that, um, that personalized experience and give that back to your clients. And so they are kind of in this game of trying to handle, oh my gosh, is Sally Joe doing her work? Oh my gosh, are they doing their work? And now I have her over here and I just onboarded this client and, and trying to keep track of all that as somebody trying to do it all themselves gets to be very difficult. And so you've brought something that anybody can utilize without right. having to have a big backing behind them. 100%. And so it's about creating a system. And um, we built the app in a way to make it like the the, the technology for the non-techie people and very, especially from the client aspect as well. So we sometimes, yeah. we'll see a lot of these apps that are like so fancy and they do all these things and it's, it's, it's amazing. But like, Again, like it's overwhelming because there's so much that it could do. And so our entire focus always comes back to like, what am I supposed to do today? Yeah. Right. So our entire app layout for the client is like, what is the client supposed to do today? I don't care about tomorrow. I don't care about yesterday. Like, what are you supposed to do today? If there's a lesson to read, cool. That's what we need to do today. If there's some actions to accomplish, like drink two liters of water, or walk 10,000 steps, like that's what you need to do today. And so let's get rid of all the other noise and let's just focus on today. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, comes down to the art of coaching. The reason clients hire you as a coach, one is accountability. At least they think in their mind, they need accountability. The second one is to basically take all of this noise that's in the industry, that's out there, right? And to distill it down into what should the client do today? And then what should they do tomorrow? And then what should they do the next day? And put it into nice incremental steps so that they have a path to follow. Well, and then you've also created this, this daily value. Whereas if you're talking to them maybe once a month, once, twice a week, or once a week, or whatever that that um, time frame is that you're talking to your client for a check-in or whatever, you're now creating that experience of value on a daily basis versus every two weeks or whatever that looks like. 100%. You're getting daily touch points, mm -hmm. right? So they're connecting with you daily. And as a coach, we've used technology to automate this process, right? And the client knows that it's automated. They, they, they know that you're not in there every day, like putting their action, like they know there's some automation. But the secret is like, if the client starts to trend in one direction or the other, boom, you're jumping on it as a coach and like, Hey, Amanda, I saw the last two days. You didn't check in what's going yeah. on. You know, where are you at? And so that displays to the client that you're constantly watching. And then when you're ready, you're going to jump in and help them be successful. Cause what we ultimately want to do as coaches is create autonomy in the lives of our clients, right? We want them to be responsible for their own results. Like that's kind of the ultimate pinnacle. If yeah. as a coach, I can teach the client what they need to know, and I can teach them the kind of internal motivation they need to be successful or help them uncover the internal motivation they need to be successful, then I've really ultimately done my job as a coach, right? If they still need to lean on me for some guidance and support, awesome. But 
after working with me for a period of time, they should be able to kind of fly on their own. Right. And so um, this just gives you that connection to be able to constantly be, you know, tweaking the process if you need to staying on top of what's going on because life happens. And typically when life happens to people, they fall back into old patterns. And so as a coach, we see that fall happen. Right. And then we can get in there and tweak it because like everyone says, I'll start on Monday or I'll yeah, start in the new right. year or I'll start here or I had a bad day. So screw it. I'm just going to have a bad week or I'm going to have a bad month. And then like that just escalates in compounds over time. And that's why we do this like two steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, four steps back. Like, it's just like, we're doing these big ups and downs, yeah. but if we look at the average, it, we're just staying exactly the same. Yeah. Right. And so we want the ups to still be there, but we want the downs to be a little bit smaller because then when we get an up again and then a little down, now our trend line is positive. Right. And now we take a positive trend line over the course of time. Now we see profound results. Right. Where most people just live in this up and down and they end up just like staying at zero. Right. And I can't help but relay this back to honestly what what that means to like the financial side, too, because I mean, it goes back to like if you are tracking your numbers and you're Mm -hmm. looking at those on a frequent basis, you're going to be able to see like, crap, I've really had to take from my profit account a lot more than I had to last Mm -hmm. month. What's the trend there? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? And you can literally do that same thing with your clients by having that data. I mean, knowledge is power. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what business consultant said it, but it's like whatever gets measured gets managed. Right. And so that was one thing that we wanted to look at too, is like, let's take an honest look at how you're doing. Right. Let's take all subjectivity out of it. Let's take feelings out of it. And let's just, did you do it? Or didn't you do it? There's nothing good or bad. Like, I don't want to add any emotion to this, but did we do it or didn't we do it? And so we can start to look at trends like, hey, okay, over the last month, we've been working on this thing, right? And it looks like data-wise that you have been 60% compliant, okay? Cool. We'll figure out why and we'll figure out how to improve that. But 60% isn't going to get us to where we want to go, right? So we need to find a way to improve this compliance. And it's with strictly data. Like it, it's just data. There's no feelings around it. And so we can we can kind of pull that back because we're doing these regular kind of check-ins. I did the thing. I didn't do the thing. We have really good data to be able to show the client. Like clients like, hey, yeah, I've been doing my thing. I've been doing it. Well, let's look back at it. Okay, cool. Like 60%. That's not doing it, right? Yeah. It means you're doing it like two out of every three days. And that's not quite where we need to get to. And sometimes that's kind of eye-opening for the client because as humans, right, we have all these cognitive biases and a big one is like the recency effect. And so we remember the things that happened most recently. So if I did awesome yesterday, that means that I did awesome all month long, right? Because I'm remembering yesterday, but then we can look back and we can kind of pull back the curtain on like, okay, let's look at the month. Oh, it looks like weekends, right? You're like Fridays and Saturdays. Like you're just really struggling. Okay. That's a point where if we can figure out Fridays and Saturdays and give you some strategies around that, we're going to bring your compliance up to 85, 90%. And now we're going to start to move the needle in the direction that you want to go. Right. What I like about that is it really helps for that check-in time to be about the data. And I I like how you said, take the emotion out of it. I mean, granted it, there is some emotion involved during those periods of time. However, when you're just like doing a check-in and the client says, yep, did great. Okay. Fantastic. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing but the obvious to turn it into almost like a counseling session. And then you 
gone down these rabbit holes for the whole 30 minute check-in or whatever it is. Whereas when you have actual one, two, three data to go off of, you can say, okay, here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's what you did. Here's what you didn't do. Here's the action steps we need to take for next time. So there's, there's tangibility to that check-in versus it being an emotional 30 minutes. It's not so subjective. And if anyone's ever done any, any counseling or recall sessions with a client, if you ask a client how they did the previous week, like in, in our, in our, in our kind of, we call them success sessions with new clients. We'll ask like, Hey, what did you have for dinner last night? Like dinner last night. And it will literally be like, people are like, oh. like it takes a while for them to figure for out what they night. had for dinner yeah. last night. Right. right. And so me expecting them to, to remember what they had for lunch last Wednesday, like, unless it was like a quote unquote special occasion or like, Hey, because it was my kid's birthday, we went out to eat. Like it, unless it's something that's memorable or unless you're, you're have- like, the Hankwist household that is super weird when it comes to food. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna have like they're gonna have like no idea, right? They're gonna have right. they're gonna have no idea. And so if I'm asked if if my data collection is based solely upon them recalling what they did over the last week, yeah, it's gonna be a flawed system from the beginning, right? And so we like to look at the data, but then also play in the human. Like there's there's two pieces to it. We need the data to see what we're actually doing and what we're not doing, but then there's also the human component of what is going on in this human's life, right? And what kind of emotions, what kind of things are impacting the data or the reasons they're doing it or not doing it. And so the best coaches are able to manage both. They show the data to see like what's actually happening, right? But then they also help manage the human to help the human do the things they want to do better or help give them better strategies or create better environments or all these other things that influence behavior rather than just having to like, rely on willpower over and over again. Right. And and I love that because, well, let me ask you this. Is there an area where, let me just give you an example. So I, I had a client in particular who kept struggling and kept struggling. And we finally nailed down the fact that they were struggling because they had little kids that loved mm-hmm. like the goldfish crackers and, yeah. the, you know, fruit snacks and that kind of, not realizing like they'd have a bite of mac and cheese here and there. They'd have an extra chicken nugget that got left on the plate. They'd have maybe a handful of the Cheez-Its. And and so one time we came up with this Ziploc bag idea where it was like, okay, all of those extra little things that you typically have when you don't realize it, that you're just unconsciously having Mm -hmm. in that Ziploc bag for one day. And by the end of that day, she was just astounded about how full that bag was. And those, those are uncounted for hundreds and hundreds of calories just completely uncounted for day after day. Right. And so being able to have that kind of touch points with 50, 75, hundred clients would be such a powerful tool. That's that's such a, that's actually a really, really good idea. That's a good way to, and ultimately what, what you're doing. So there's a couple things that are powerful about that strategy that you just shared. The first one is you actually allowed the client to come to their own conclusion, right? It's say, hey, hey, try this. All I want you to do, like just instead of eating today, I want you, or instead of eating these extras today, I want you to just put it in a bag and let's just see what happens, right? We probably have a pretty good idea as coaches on what like that's going to ultimately be. But the client then has that visual of like, oh man, this is this is like, this is way more right. than what uh, than what I had anticipated it was going to be. And so now they're kind of owning the process more rather than Amanda saying like, Hey, you know what? You're probably just eating, you know, you're probably just eating too much of the kids stuff. Like just stop that. Right. 
you doing that visual now allows that client to take ownership. They have, yeah, they and they have power over that versus that food having power over them. Like, oh wow, this actually does add up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think the more we can do that as coaches to allow clients to come to the aha moments on their own is huge. Um, and one one uh, kind of technique that we have our coaches learn, and I think any coach in the industry should really be studying is this idea of like motivational interviewing. And so it's essentially yeah. how you help the client come up with the solution that they need, right? You want them to, it's, if, and if you have small kids, right? Like we do this all the time, right? You want the kid yeah. to think, they yes. want the kid to think like they're winning, right? Because they came up with the solution, even though through a just series of questioning, we got them to get there or got their brain to think in that manner. Um, I mean, it's the same thing with clients. They're just like bigger kids. And so when they come up with it, now they have the power in the process. They own the process. And that's typically how we handle a lot of our sessions. If I'm working with a client one-on-one, they come up with the thing that they're going to work on. Cool. I put it in, I set it up to repeat. And so it's their thing. And so they're much more likely to engage with that thing. And then we can come back and I can see the data and be like, okay, this is the thing you chose that was going to help you move forward, right? Here's how well you did with it. And um, I think coaches would be surprised if you were to compare the two, like something you gave to a client versus something they came up with on their own, um, how much more compliant they are to the things that they came up with. Um, and as coaches, we can just use series of questioning to help them come to those realizations on their own versus just kind of like the dictatorship type coaching, which is like, just go do this thing and right. like, it'll be good. Right. Right. And then they, they see the value behind it because they right. came up with it. Yep. So one thing that I, so we got the opportunity to hang out again at coaching con, which is a phenomenal event. Um, but one of the things that, so when I was coaching, I used trainerize, yep. um, and I was very, uh, I used, it was a very short stint because it was a very frustrating tool at that time. But I heard that you don't use actual people because somebody had asked you about putting the workout library together and you talked about how you guys utilize, um, almost like cartoon characters or how did you, yeah, say- yeah it's, it's, it's animations, right? Animations. So it's like human yeah. silhouettes. Like it looks like a human. It looks in like it has all the muscles and it shows the muscles that are working versus using someone else's video. It's so I'll kind of like explain the whole like thought process behind it. Right. And so when we're working with a client, um, there's all of these little things that are happening that influence perceived value, right. Of the service that we're offering. Right. And so one of them is like branding. And so if your branding is on point, okay, mm-hmm. colors are on point, your lessons are branded, you have a branded app, like you connect the entire experience, much higher perceived value than like it feel than someone that it feels like they just like copy and pasted something there, right? And it wasn't and it wasn't uh like brand cohesive. And so a piece of that is video. So a lot of people do workouts and they do exercise videos, um, but they don't take time to film their own videos. And so they just go grab random people off YouTube, right? And then they use those as their exercise demonstrations, um, which is fine, which is better than nothing. But what you're doing subconsciously is to the client, you're kind of like showing them someone else, right? Like, hey, look at how someone else is doing this, right? And they're kind of coaching you, right? And so in like the perfect world, coaches would have all of their own videos, right? And they are the ones on camera. And a we lot that- of times they're doing it anyways, but it's the idea of getting it from 
the phone that they yeah. took the video on to the app that they're delivering their right. to their clients on. Right. So coaches are no different than anyone else, right? Yep. Like we're all humans, right? And so, um, so we kind of thought about, okay, like how do we do this in a way that allows us to create it? Because there's a lot of incentive for us to create it, right? We want more users, right? right. So we have incentives in place to do it. Yep. Um, and so we then decided, okay, we're going to have these like animated videos, which look like humans. There's male or there's female. And then if I'm doing like a bicep curl, it's going to highlight my biceps so that the client kind of knows what muscles are being worked on while they're doing that exercise. But it's like coach agnostic, yes. right? It's not someone else's video, right? It's any coach could use this and it doesn't feel any different because it's like a animated non-human human that's doing the work yeah. right and so like that's i think just one example of the things we think about when we're yep. building and i think the reason we think about this is because we're coaches right we're not tech people that saw an opportunity in the market and we're like okay cool this is a great market to get into we should just build a platform to help these people yeah. No, it was like, we're coaches. We coach people all the time. I don't want the guy off of bodybuilding.com yeah. to be on my video that I'm sending to my client. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yes. And so like these are, unless you're a coach, unless you're actively coaching people, like these aren't things that you think about. And so you'll notice that I've had, I've, I, can, I mean, if I had a, if I had a dollar for every, every time someone said this to me, like I'd be done and I could just go retire on the beach, but they're like, they'll ask like, Hey, are you guys like tech people or are you, are you coaches? Because the way this works, it kind of feels like you guys are coaches because it works the way a coach right. would think it should work versus like a tech is like the tech team or the dev team is like, oh, just go build this and this button here and this button here and this. Like, like that's not actually the flow of coaching. That's like not how it actually works. Right. And so we need to develop this in a way that makes sense for the person that's coaching in the process. And so one thing that, another thing that we put into the software is you can basically message a client from every single page. So if I'm looking at a client's journey and looking at the results, like I can easily just push message, it pops open, and then I can type the client a message because I'm looking at the client and I want to then say something to the client about what I'm looking at versus lots of softwares you'll see like, they have to click on something and it takes them over into an inbox and then they have to go find the client and then they find the client and then they go get it because it's not oh thought God, through on so like back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And so our, we kind of have two major ethos at coach catalyst, or at least I should say it's, it's a framework on how we evaluate what we should do and what we should develop. One is, does this make a coach or does this allow a coach to scale? Meaning does this allow them to work with more people more efficiently, right? Yeah. So with scale, there's two things. How do I get, how do I work with more people and still get the information I need? But then the other thing is how do I'm more efficient with the current tasks that I'm doing? Yep. So instead of this taking five clicks, how do we make it take two clicks? Or how do we make sure this happens in the flow of what's going on? So that's a huge thing. How do we improve coaches efficiency, which allows them to scale? And then the second one is how do we, does this help a coach connect with their client better? And so that's another thing that we look at is like, okay, is this going to help build that connection between a client and a coach? Because if we don't have a connection between a client and a coach, like we're just kind of like every other software out there. It's just like some technology. Cool. But the technology is meant to augment the coach. It's not meant to replace the coach. And so a lot of what we're thinking about is like, okay, does this actually build a better relationship between the coach and the client is to build a better connection Does it allow them to communicate easier. Um, and if we check those boxes, does like, it allow okay, the coach to do what they got into this in order 100%. to do? 
you know, exactly. I think so many of us get into coaching because we truly have a problem that we're trying to solve. And then mm-hmm. we get down into it and we're trying to manage all these different platforms and trying to deal with all these different technical things. And it gets to be frustrating. Yep. hundred percent. And that's one of the reasons we integrated payments. Yeah. And so like, we had a lot of coaches that are like, Hey, I need to use this X, Y, and Z to like get this client in and then to purchase and that kind of stuff. So like, okay, like that's an interesting problem. So we kind of went through our framework. Okay. Does it help make a coach more efficient? Oh, absolutely. Okay. If the client just goes to a landing page that they have inside of coach catalyst, they can purchase and then just adds them to the correct program or gives them the right tags or puts all of that stuff increases efficiency big time. Right. And so we're like, okay, it definitely checks that box. And so this probably makes sense for us to go down that road and go through all the necessary development to make that happen. And so we integrated payments and now a coach can kind of build out like a little mini sales page and they can put prices on stuff. And, and then they just send the client a link, client opens the link, sees the sales page purchase. They're inside the platform. Right. And so it just, again, makes it easier for coaches to coach. So like our goal is to free up so much time so that the coach can do more coaching. But what happens is like they spend so much time doing admin or all this other work that like, their time for actual coaching is small. Well, and, so and not like, only that, but then they're 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 having to outsource. And of course, I always go back to the financial side of it. But if you're having to outsource to admin, if you're having to outsource to a web developer, if you're having to outsource, and you know, you're you're thinning your profit margin out, right. and you can have everything under one thing be more profitable. Right. Yeah. And it's not to say that like coach catalyst will solve all your worries as a coach. Like there are probably some other tools that you need, depending on the scale that you're at. Um, but we're just constantly thinking about how do we improve this coaching process? How do we make coach more efficient? How do we strengthen the relationship between the client and the coach? If we're checking those boxes, we feel like we are doing the right things by our coaches. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to link all that information in the show notes and also how they can get in touch with you. And I really appreciate you being on today. I really appreciate what you guys are out there doing and um, for everything that you guys have coming. I really appreciate having me on today and taking some time to talk some shop about coaching and Coach Catalyst. And yeah, really appreciate you. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, lots of fun. All right. Thank you so much.